don't expect your world to change in a month. Like if, that's another red flag for you if you're thinking about it. They, if they promise the world to you and like your like your world's going to change in a month, red flag. That's not going to happen. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. And today, my guest is Jason Yormark. Jason, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, I appreciate you coming on because this is a topic that people always ask us about. Today, we're going to be talking about how to truly get real results from social media marketing. But the first thing I want to ask you is to tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do at Socialistic. Sure. So we are a uh, social media agency. We we work with a lot in the B2B space. I would say about 60 to 70% B2B clients, but our name and, and, and the reputation that we built just kind of lends itself to uh, still driving some B2C business. But uh, ultimately, we're a, a full service social media agency. It's what we do. It's all that we do. And we're really just focused on providing real results for our, our clients, not vanity metrics. And, and that's usually, you know, leads, customers, sales. And, you know, we just provide uh, a full service approach to what we do so that businesses don't have to think about it because they usually don't want to. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to do it. They don't have the experience or the resources to deal with it. And, and that's where we come in. Yeah. And so for anybody who may be kind of new to some of the terminology, what would you define as a vanity metric? Yeah. So, you know, Facebook likes, Twitter followers, you know, likes, followers, shares, things of that nature. Now, these things matter. They play a part in an overall digital marketing strategy, but they're they're not the most difficult thing to obtain. You know, that's where a lot of that's the, the separation between talented, successful, results-oriented agencies and, and, and ones that aren't are, are basically the one, you know, the ones that aren't are the ones that focus on those vanity metrics. And they really try to tell a story around that because it's, you know, if, you know, you don't have to have a lot of experience to kind of figure out how to navigate that in a way that, it, you know, shows some surface level results. So it's really those things. Now, again, those things do contribute to a successful marketing strategy, but ultimately, you, if you're going to spend money with an agency, you have to be able to connect the dots between what you're spending and how what that's translating to your business in a, in a measurable way. And that's what we do. To me, that's how you thrive and survive as an agency. And if you don't do those things, it's just a matter of time before you know clients are going to go in another direction. Right. It's got to be prospects or leads, revenue. You know, whatever your goal of, of your social media campaign is, whether that, you know, it could be awareness or, you know, it could be donations or, you know, whatever those kind of things are. But, man, I have seen I, I can't even tell you how many times I've talked to a company that's come up to us and, and we say, oh, well, how are you doing with your social media? And they're like, oh, well, we got this person that we found, you know, that we give them like, you know like 400 bucks a month and, and we've grown by 5,000 followers. And I'm like, well, how many, how, how much is your revenue grown? Right. And they're like, Oh, it's down. <laughs> well, that's, that's a red flag right there. If you're only paying $400 to have somebody manage your social media, then that's not going to, that's just, that's just a, that's a huge red flag because the fact of the matter is if you actually want your social media to translate to real results, uh, it's going to cost more than that. You get what you pay for. And you know, there are varying levels of, retainer 
amounts, you know, based on which agency that you work with. But I, and I have, I've actually written a blog article about this. You should be spending a couple thousand dollars a month if you really want results. It's just that's what it takes. It's real people spending real time that have the intellectual horsepower and experience to actually navigate social in a way that is actually going to lead to getting people to do what you want them to do. If you're paying four, three, four, five hundred dollars a month and you're getting a bunch of Twitter followers or Facebook likes, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you go, if you dig deep and you look at those people, they're fake accounts, they're international based accounts, they're not real people that really are going to care about you and and ultimately be the target demographic that you're going after to sell to. So that's just a reality. And to break that down a little more, I'll give you a really good example is a direct to consumer company that we used to work with sold like, you know, 99% of their business is based on military veterans in the United States. They had an outside agency that said they were going to get them, you know, tens of thousands of followers and all this stuff. Right. And then after they had done that and and they had, I don't remember, one of their accounts had like 70,000 followers from 5,000 in, you know, a few months. And they're, they're happy, right? And then we went in and we, and this was on Facebook, and we set the country to only be United States, right? And when you do that, it will actually slowly, it doesn't happen immediately, but it'll slowly kind of filter out anyone who's not from the United States. And almost every single one of those followers disappeared in the next three months because they are all from other countries, and the reason that companies can get those followers from other countries is, number one, they can buy them from click farms and stuff in China and East Asia and stuff, right, or India. But they can also advertise for pennies on the dollar, right? So you can advertise like you can do a likes ad, you know, where it costs you, you know, nowadays maybe even 50 cents to a dollar to get a like on an account, but you can get that person for 0.03 cents if they're from Malaysia, right? Yeah, for sure. If you're a business, if you take anything away from this conversation, if you're talking to an agency or somebody that's going to help you with your social media and they are leading with, oh, we're going to get you thousands of followers or likes or whatever, and it seems too good to be true, like just run, do not walk away from a situation like that because it's going to be more damaging than uh, beneficial. Look, there, there, there's there's an argument that could be made if you're like just starting out. You know, there is a, a level of social credibility that comes with somebody on the surface seeing that you have a good following. So I, I can see why a lot of maybe startups or companies that don't have a whole lot going with their social are intrigued by the idea of growing their audience quickly to kind of gain some social proof from a perception standpoint. But when you when you go down that path and you start adding all that garbage to your, I mean, it's going to kill your reach because these are not real accounts. They're not going to engage with your content. They're not going to look at it. They're never going to see it. And that's only going to plummet your organic reach, which ultimately is pretty low as it is. But, you know, you're just it's a waste. It's 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 a, it's like I said, it's a vanity metric. It's a perception thing. And it's not going to provide any real value to your business. So let's talk about reach and kind of engagement for a second. I know that platforms use kind of a percentage basis to say how much engagement is happening, right? So if you've got a thousand real followers, you post something interesting on your social media account and a hundred of those thousand followers, you know, like it or share it or, or comment or whatever, right? That's 10% engagement. That's a really good engagement rate. But if you've got, 100,000 followers and 
99,000 of them are not real. Now you've got 1% engagement instead of 10%, right? So, or actually that would be 0.1% to do my math correctly. <laughs> so yeah, what you're doing is you're ruining the percentage and places like Facebook and Instagram and other platforms, they use that percentage for the algorithm to determine who, how many more people they should show that to, or if at all. For sure. Now, does that work? Is it the same way on other platforms like, you know, your Twitter, TikTok, all that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's the same across the board. I mean, you have to ask yourself, what's the point? You know, I, I always say, like, what's the point of investing or doing something if you're not going to do it the right way? Like, if you're not in a position and you're not ready to invest the right amount of budget and resources to do something, then don't do it. You're just going to be wasting your money. And, you know, my philosophy has always been, and I say this in our pitch, it's like, it's better to be great at less than, than average at everything. You know, like, don't spread yourself out too thin. If you can't take your social seriously, if you can't invest in there in a way that ensures that it's actually going to deliver results, then, then don't take that leap. You know, figure out what it is, what does success look like for your business? Like, and that's, that's a, there's, a, there's a different answer to that, to every business based on who you're trying to target you know, what resources that you have to work with and ultimately like, what do you want to have happen? Like, what do you need to do? Do you need to drive X amount of leads or customers or sales? And you know, you need, you need to be really buttoned up around what that looks like because that, and then that, if you have a good marketer or a good, if you're advised appropriately, they're going to help you navigate where to start and, and where, what the low hanging fruit is for you. And, and nine times out of 10, most businesses can't do everything. You kind of have to pick a lane and, and build some momentum there and and then build off of that. So, but but you know, ba spending a couple hundred dollars to to buy fake follower, it's just a it's just a bad business practice. It's it's a very appealing and it's I can see it's you know it's kind of like that shiny new thing. Oh, we can grow our audience, but wh why? You know what what's the point if it's just gonna it's gonna hurt you more than help you in the long run? Yeah, I think there's like a, there's a few steps you know to social media. And, uh, and I think one of those, you know, steps is like, you know, the barrier to entry is posting interesting, relevant content regularly. And then the next step is like coming up with a plan, coming up with how your creatives are going to work, you know, getting the people or an agency or whatever you need in place to do that thing. And then figuring out what, you know, what are we trying to do here? What does success look like? And all of those kind of metrics that you need to do. And not just saying, well, I have a spreadsheet where I write down how many followers we have on each platform every month and I give it to my boss. And as long as it goes up and to the right, I keep my job. That's not doing anything for your company, right? Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I mean, I think everything you just kind of rambled off is why people are in a position to, to do social media effectively. I mean, they need help whether they hire an agency or hire a person, there's a lot involved in it. it it's, and, and the challenge is most, a lot of business owners, they've been burned or they just, or they let their personal opinion of social media influence their decision-making around whether it's something that they should even invest in, which is always a mistake too. Like I personally, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I don't want to, I, you know, I don't have the patience for it which sounds crazy coming from somebody that owns a social media agency, but it's like the car mechanic who's working on cars all day. My guess is he doesn't want to come home and work on cars. I mean, maybe every once in a while, but I, I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't let my personal opinion of it dictate my ability to understand that these channels can help grow businesses and thrive. There's billions of people spending, you know, countless hours on them. That's where people are. That's where you need to be. And so you can't let your, your personal opinions kind of get in the way of that. So it really just comes down to you, 
you have to be all in. You know, you have to kind of dedicate the, the, the right amount of resources. And there's more than one way to skin the cat. Like you can hire somebody that's probably going to be more expensive. That's why agencies kind of live and thrive is that they can provide more value, more breadth, more depth at a lesser cost than hiring a, a full-time person who's got, you know, at least, you know, five years of experience. So, so it's really just fun about, about finding a good partner, somebody that you can trust and somebody that's going to hold themselves accountable to real results and be able to be very transparent about sharing with you the work that they do and what it's translating to. And, and you know, that, that's the, and that, you know, there's plenty of good agencies that, that can, can bring that kind of value. Sure. And, you know, from a cost standpoint, you know, I'm a little biased as an agency owner myself also, but we can buy very expensive pieces of software that do fantastic things that can shorten the amount of time and effort it takes to do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do yourself as a business owner or as a marketing person for a business. And we spread the cost over all the clients. Right. So if you have 100 clients and you buy a thousand dollar a month piece of software, it's only 10 bucks a month per client. But if your company went to buy it, it's a thousand bucks a month. You know, that's a quarter of a headcount for, you know, your frontline employees. That's, you know, depending upon where you live. But so let's take a, a, a little shift here right now with your own clients and your own agency experience. What are you seeing as the place that most businesses are trying to grow into on social media? I know there's been kind of a fragmentation of platforms recently, and we can talk more about that in a minute, but where are you seeing kind of where, where are people heading to try and get the best bang for their buck? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it, oftentimes people are led astray, I think, like the shiny new thing, like, you know, right now Clubhouse is kind of like the new thing, and everybody's asking about that, and there's certainly, I think, there's potential there, but at the end of the day, we find with our clients that the most value that we can bring and the most measurable, effective results really, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, is, is, is Facebook and their ad platform. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, it's the most affordable. It's got the most powerful targeting features that allow us to really narrow into a, f a specific segment of people. Well, obviously, it powers Instagram. So inherently, you know, advertising and Instagram flows through that. You know, a lot of businesses... On average, for us up to this point, you know, their ad budgets typically ex are somewhere between one to three thousand dollars a month to hard cost just the ad budget. So if you're playing in that space, then you're kind of limited to Facebook. That's really where it makes sense. LinkedIn is prohibitively expensive. I really wish it wasn't, but it really is. Now they have it's, it's an incredible platform like we do other things we do social selling there and we try to connect with people on a one-to-one -one basis to kind of get around how expensive their ad platform is but you know if you're a business that can afford five thousand or more per month then linkedin's ad platform makes sense if you're selling in a b2b environment or something that makes sense in a professional environment but we just find you know facebook's ad platform is the most mature it's, it's the one that's most accessible it's the one that allows it's a lower barrier to entry and typically most businesses that where that's where they start and we can build off of so that that's where it, it makes the most sense even you know as new platforms come on i mean most of the business that we work with are are like again b2b a little bit more mature businesses we don't do a lot of work in in, in the youth or younger markets so like the tiktoks and the snapchats of the world isn't really our area of expertise nor is that a place that we want want to play necessarily at this time. So certainly, you know, older demographics that exist, you know, on Facebook, the, the big four, that's really where we play is, is Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and, and Twitter is really where the majority of our work exists. So the advertising cost thing, 
I think that it really comes down to what is the cost of acquisition that a company can afford, right? And it may not necessarily be based on ad budget as much as how much can they afford to acquire a customer, right? And I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the same idea, but you know, you're looking at, you know, on average for like a B2C client on Facebook to acquire a customer, if you have let's say a four figure and up cost product, it's probably going to be 100, 200 bucks, right? Cost of acquisition on Facebook or Instagram and probably a little bit cheaper on Twitter, but you won't get as many. And then LinkedIn, you know, it's going to cost you 500 bucks, but LinkedIn has an endless supply of those people. So if you could afford a $500 cost of acquisition, you can get clients all day long on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, for sure. And we, uh, I don't, depending on when this episode publishes, we're actually building an ad budget calculator. We're building a, a page for that where people can actually come and kind of fill out their information and, and what their goals and objectives are. And it kind of produces an estimated ad budget and a cost and it'll provide like cost per lead and things like that. So I'll, I'll share that with you for this episode. Hopefully it's done by the time this goes out, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, every client's a little bit different. Like we really just try to collect some information from them to understand their business, their goals, objectives, resources, et cetera, and try to kind of estimate what we expect is going to happen. And from a paid perspective, and, and it really, we take their budget and we spread it across three phases around paid social, which basically is awareness, consideration, and conversion. Uh, a sophisticated agency is going to look at your budget and spread it across those three strategies. If, if they come at you and say, okay, we're going to take, we know that sales is important, but we're going to throw it all at conversion. That That's a mistake because, well, and it, but it depends. Like if you have a point and click product, it's five, $10 and people make quick decisions. Okay. That, that might work. But you know, if your product is, you know, a little bit more expensive and maybe the kind of thing that people take a little bit of time to decide on, you know, you don't want to just shoot out of the gate trying to push hard on, on selling something. You want to build awareness. You want to be able to you know, put your brand and, and what you do in front of people and kind of nurture them. So we, we carve out their budget to run concurrent campaigns that are spread across, you know, getting people aware of your brand and introducing them to you, moving them into a consideration phase, retargeting folks in terms of, okay, they've looked at your website or whatever. Now we're going to kind of put some ads in front of them to kind of reinforce your brand and take them down this kind of funnel. And then ultimately, eventually, you know, turn it into a conversion phase where, you know, we've spent some time putting some stuff in front of people over an extended period of time. They're much more likely to be in a buying mindset. So now it's time to put content and creative in front of them that's designed to kind of get them to buy. So, it, you know, it's there's a level of sophistication that goes into these sorts of things that that's the value that you get in, in working with an agency that can kind of take your budget and stretch it and provide you, you know, results that you can look at and see and say, this is this is worth it. I want to pump more money into this because you're, you're, it's clearly, you know, I'm getting a return on my investment. Yeah. When you can actually see the dollars in and dollars out, that's an easy decision to make right? But you have to be able to know your numbers. And that's something that I know a lot of, especially smaller businesses and freelancers really struggle with is they don't know what their cost of acquisition is, like how much it costs to get a customer. They don't know how much it costs them to get a lead. They don't know how much time it takes in their sales cycle to go from a lead to a, to an activated client, right? And uh, a lot of times they don't have a follow-up process in place either, right? So, I mean, those things... Once you have those things, now you can start to make decisions because especially cost of acquisition. If I have somebody and I talk to them, I say, you know, well, and they say, oh, we've been doing some advertising. I go, how much does it cost you to get a client right now? And they go, oh, it's about a hundred bucks. 
you know, I can look at, you know, make an educated guess on like Facebook and Instagram or whatever platform it is. And I can say, okay, well, this is how many clients do you, can you handle? Right. And there, which is another consideration, right? If they say, well, we can handle another hundred clients a month. Easy. Okay. Well, what's, what's a hundred times a hundred, right? That's $10,000. So if you, could you spend $10,000 to get a hundred more clients and make it profitable? And if the answer is yes, you do it. Yeah, for sure. No, it's not for people that know what they're doing. It's not rocket science. I mean, it's a matter of, to your point, it's, it's about data and we're very upfront about clients in the pitch phase around like, look, this is an estimate of what we think is going to happen. It's no guarantee. And really the value and what we're able to do in the first month or two is, is to run these ads and collect information and data that helps us understand what's working, what isn't setting baselines and then building off of that. So that's the other thing, you know, we're one of the things that differentiates us is we operate as a month to month agency, which kind of creates a risk free environment for, for clients to work with us. But to that point, though, I tell them, like, don't expect your world to change in a month. Like if, that's another red flag for you. If you're thinking about it, they, if they promise the world to you and like your like your world's going to change in a month, red flag, that's not going to happen. Nobody can predict the future. You know, it's, there's a lot of different moving parts around what determines success in digital platforms. And until we get in there and start testing creative and A-B testing and putting things out there, looking at the data, making database decisions, we're not gonna know. But that's where a lot of the value that comes up front is is being able to collect that information and provide a business you know, those baselines and a, and, a, and a foundation of being able to move forward really more efficiently and more successfully based on what really happens when you put things out there. Yeah, our agency, when we work with people for anything, not necessarily just kind of social media or ads or anything, we go month to month, but we do 90 days up front and say, look, you need to make a 90 day commitment because month one, we're going to figure out what you have, what's wrong, what's broken, what needs to get set up, blah, 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 right? Month two, we have all the data from month one to make decisions, right? And then month three, you should be starting to see profit. But we will know if it's really not working within the first, you know, 45 to 60 days. Like if it's a complete failure, you're going to know in the first, you know, month and a half. Yeah, it's interesting to say that my team has been pushing me. We're actually rethinking that to, to put in language where you kind of have to at least commit to three months because you're, you're right. A lot of effort and time goes into building in upfront work to kind of getting things to happen. So it's almost it's almost like a, it's a way to kind of weed out clients that aren't serious about it. Like if you look, you know, if you can't commit to at least three months, if that makes you uncomfortable, then you're not ready. So I can can totally see that being a good thing to kind of work in. But we, you know, we've had a lot of success. I mean, and, and vetting folks like that out because we, you know, we're still transparent around luck, you know, even though we're a month to month agency, you know, it's going to take three to six months before you really start to see some significant impact in return on your investment. It's just like anything you have to kind of invest in building it up. So and it doesn't matter if it's social media, if it's ads, if it's outreach, if it's SEO work or anything. I mean, you're looking at the work you do today is your paycheck in three months, right? And it's the same way for social media advertising, right? That the work that gets put in now is the profit that's going to come out, you know, 90 to 100 days from now. And so let me let me ask you this. And this is kind of a, a little bit off topic question, but still on topic. What is a common thing when you take over an account where somebody, another agency or another person or an employee has been working in an ad account, right, for somebody? 
What's something you commonly see? What's a mistake you see that people are making? Great question. So one of the things that stands out when we get a new client that maybe was working with a previous agency, convoluted, overwhelming, unnecessarily large reports, right? It's just, just too, it's just all this data. Like I'll give you a perfect example. We, uh, I'm bragging a little bit here, but we, uh, we, we worked with the Air Force for a while and they came to us for the Pacific Northwest. We ran their social media for their recruiting. And they came to us and their biggest problem, well, one, the results, they, they couldn't understand, like they were spending this money and they didn't understand what was going on. And they kind of, they forwarded the report that they got. And it was like this 30 to 40 page report. And I, I, I couldn't even make sense of it. If I couldn't make sense of it, certainly they couldn't. And they, and I'm just like, this is horrible. Like, how could you possibly understand? Of course you can't understand what's going on here. And so, you know, I didn't have all of the information, but the sense that I got is that sometimes, not all, but some agencies try to, you know, confuse or overwhelm because they think that, oh, if, I, if we make it look super complicated, then they're just going to continue to pay us to do what we do because they don't have the time or desire to try to figure it out. They 100% do that. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I just don't, we don't operate that way. So we're, we're quite the opposite. And you know what? The same thing happens in like the payment processing industry. Yeah, for sure. Right. Where they make these, you, know, you get an 18 page report from your processor. You know, I'm not going to fucking read that. Nobody has time for that. You know, what's interesting is probably one of our biggest ad clients. The report that I send them is once, once a month. I say, this is how much you spent. This is how many sales you got, and this is what the return on investment was, including what you pay us to manage it. And that's it. Yeah. And you know what? They read it and they go, "Looks good. Keep doing it." You know, because they know they know what their margin is, and they can say, "Okay, well, we're, that's profitable. Do more of this." I, I, my theory is the easier you make it for people to do business with you, the better. So uh, we're, we're very similar. We build like a very visual custom dashboard. It's very concise, gets to the point. It's aligned to what matters to their business. We tell them what's working, what isn't, and what we're going to do differently uh, in the following, in the next month. So it's it's simple. It's like you have to make it easy for people to do business with you or ultimately they're going to look elsewhere. So that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed is just is, is that. And then again, and then a lot of other clients are just, honestly, a lot of the clients that come to us, they're just not doing it much with it at all. They've just never taken it seriously. So they're, they're coming from kind of like a ground zero position. They're like, we boosted three posts, but it didn't do anything. Well, I mean, it's just they, again, it's it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, and, and this is what makes it difficult as a social media agency is we're always fighting to have to educate, re-educate people because they've, they have a, they have their personal opinion of it or they hired somebody previously that did a crappy job. So, you know, it's kind of like I'm having to clean up the messes of other people's crappy work and educate them and build that trust to, so that so they, they can realize that actually these platforms can work for you if you pick the right partner. Just makes sense. You know, at the end of the day, it's about you, you want to get in front of people and get them to do what you want them to do, whether that's search, whether that's social, whether that's, you know, social selling, whether it's, you know, display advertising, you know, whatever it is that you do. Ultimately, it's you're trying to get your products and services in front of the right people in the right way. And it'd be naive to think that social media shouldn't be a priority for you when you're talking about billions of people spending in hours a day on these channels. So it's just, you got to find the right partner that knows how to navigate it and make that effective for you. Get the right message to the right person at the right time. So here's one that I see all the time. If I, you know, go into a company and I, I look at their ad account or something, we're doing an audit or whatever, right? Is one thing I see constantly, and this 
fucking drives me crazy. I see it from huge companies too. I go to their website, you know, for whatever the business is they've advertised to me. I want the thing, so I click on it. I go there, I buy the thing, and then for the next fifteen days, they still retarget me after I purchased. And it's not to purchase the thing that I've already purchased. It's not. I mean, some companies do retargeting after purchase the correct way, you know, and we can get to that in a second. But oh man, like what a humongous waste of money! And I mean, it happens all the time. Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. There's tons of waste. I must have ten ads being shown to me right now for shit I already bought. What a waste of money. Well, that's just you know that's just ineffective strategy. You know, it's just, you know, I, I had an, I had a, a technology that I was looking into for our business that I was, I expressed some interest in, signed up and similar story. I mean, they just, I'd get like two or three texts a day, a couple emails reminding me of this meeting a week from now, every single day. And then I get to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not interested anymore. Your content strategy sucks. You're, you're doing too much. You're trying too hard. And that's just, that's just a, a lack of execution. So I think, you know, I mean, ultimately you got to have people that know what they, they know how to communicate, they know how to navigate technology and they know how to do it in a way that's not going to, you know, get somebody to do the opposite of what you want them to do. You know, I was in the Kajabi forum the other day because we used Kajabi for our course delivery, but there's a guy in there and he had signed up for something. I don't know what it was, but his name was Glenn and he showed a, like a screenshot of his inbox and it was like, hey, Glenn, da 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 da. Hey, Glenn, da 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 da. And he had 50 something messages in a four day period from one place. And it's just like, it's like, Glenn, 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 hey, Glenn, Glenn, do you want this? And nobody wants that, right? You're like, <laughs> just like, shut up. <laughs> All right. How about one more social media fail and then we can. Yeah, I would say people love stories. You know, people, when people consume content, whether it's books online or whatever, people, people do business with who they trust and who they like, and people respond to stories. And a lot of businesses just don't do that. They sell too much and they don't talk enough about who they are and why they do what they do, the people behind what they do, the things that make them different and unique. You know, again, if you're, if you're selling $5 widgets, okay, maybe not so much, but you know, for the, for the most part, for, for businesses that have more expensive products or longer customer life cycles, you have to, you know, you have to build relationships with people. And that, that comes from storytelling and that takes people that, that, that takes time. It takes great writers, great visual artists. There's, there's artistry to storytelling and there's a lot of value in working with folks that are able to, to produce that for your business. And just most businesses don't have the time, the expertise or the desire to invest in storytelling about their business. And so they're just pumping, you know, generic content out regularly, checking that box. Oh, we posted today. We did our social media. So but but my what's the point? Like if it's not doing what you want it to do for your business, like what's the point? And uh, so storytelling is often um, an overlooked area for most businesses. That that's really how we differentiate is that there's just a lot of time and effort and sophistication that goes into, you know, understanding a business and being able to navigate effective storytelling strategies over the course of an extended period of time to really connect with an audience on a deeper level that ensures that you know they become either brand loyalists or they just they're interested in what you have to say. You know, and they and they want to stay connected to you. So that that's a big miss by most most companies. And it's currently kind of getting towards the end of February as we're recording this. But this should be out in kind of end of March, early April. But it's like 
second wave of the pandemic is just ending. And now they're saying that there's probably going to be a third wave because of all these, you know, different strains that are coming out and stuff, plus vaccinations. We don't know how much that's going to cure things with some of the new strains and stuff. There's places still in lockdown. Like people don't want to come out of their homes because they're scared. You know, there's all these things happening. How are you? How is your company? building relationships with clients especially b2b because they used to do it at trade shows and events yeah you better get serious about digital if you haven't already it was interesting when the pandemic hit business kind of slowed down we had some people pull out because of out of fear like oh like we gotta protect ourselves keep you know protect our, our the resources that we have but then after you know three or four or five months they're like oh actually this is probably going to be a while more people are actually online more than ever before, spending more time online. We actually probably need to up our game around this. And, and that's really what we've seen. So the, there's been an influx of interest in, in finding agencies that they can partner with to make sure that they're navigating digital successfully. And if you're not, you, whether, whether it's us, whether it's whoever you work with, you better because to your point, I think we, were, we live in a different world and as frustrating and, and scary and as it is to think that you know our new normal is going to be different in that way our reality is our reality and and we live in a digital world and you know if you want to have a successful thriving business you better have your digital strategy buttoned up and executing or you're going to fall behind the companies that do right and you know what that as you were mentioning when companies pull back we call it the marketing death spiral so what happens is you pull back on your marketing because you want to save money, but then you don't make as much revenue because you're not marketing. And because you're not making as much revenue, you cut back more on your advertising and your marketing. And then because you're not advertising and marketing more, you get even less revenue. And it just spirals until you go broke. Now, companies that are in that place, they're not going to, you know, I, I wish we lived in a world where marketing isn't the first thing that gets turned off when things get tough. And that's the reality we live in. But the companies that are going to thrive and be successful are the ones that are going to find a way to continue to invest in that. And, and if anything, it just creates a bigger opportunity. You know, it, look, we live in a world where it's been, it's easier than ever to start and run a successful business. The barrier to entry is lower than it's ever been. You have access to tools and abilities to do things that you never could have done 30, 40, 50 years ago. You know, you had to run a television ad or a radio ad or throw up a billboard. And, you, and the cost of that was astronomical. And you'd had no idea who looked at it, when they looked at it, what worked, what didn't. Now we live in a world where every dollar can be measured. You know exactly what's, you know, assuming you're working with an agency that's transparent and, and sharing right. information with you. You, <laughs> you know you what's 40 working. 40-page report. Right. That's another red flag. If they send you big reports like that, you're, you're working with the wrong agency. But you, you should know exactly what's working and what isn't and have a clear path to we're doing this, we're spending this, it's translating into this. And if you don't, if you can't answer that question, if you don't know that, come talk to us or come talk to Matt and his group or whoever. Like, like talk to an agency that's actually going to provide that transparency and help you understand those things. Jason, I wanted to ask you, so on your website, jasonyourmark.com, you say you're Jason the Unfluencer. And I wanted to ask you about the idea behind the Unfluencer, because that really hit me. I was like, oh, that's like completely different than what everybody else says about themselves, right? That's a, that's a good question. I, admittedly, it's a concept that I haven't fully embraced. It's, it's really more about what I talked about earlier. Like, I don't spend a lot of time on social media personally. Look, I'm an old, middle-aged, you know father of two, like who, who cares what I have to say about anything outside of what I do professionally. So I always thought it was funny that, you know, I thought, you know, I, I'm, you know, the stuff that I would put on Instagram or like pictures of my, my cat or my dog or just silly things about, you know, if my wife leaves for the weekend, how, you know, my, my menu of 
food deteriorates significantly. Like who who cares about any of these things? So really the idea behind that was just that, you know, we, and it's funny because we do do some influencer marketing campaign work, but I'm so disenfranchised with, there's just so much garbage when it comes to, like everybody says they're an influencer. Everybody thinks, we just live in this world where <laughs> everybody thinks that they care about everything that they do. And I just thought, you know, what if, you know, what if I did the opposite of that? You know, what if I, you know, just said, you know, I'm not influencing anybody. Like my life isn't exciting. And uh, I thought, I thought by doing, like I thought I had this illusions of grandeur, like, oh, I'm going to, on my Instagram, I'm going to just do the opposite of what influencers do. And I think inherently I'll probably grow an audience of middle-aged men or, or whoever that respond to that, like that normally, you know, ignore all of the typical type of stuff that you see. So I've always been self-deprecating kind of guy, you know, making fun of myself has always led me to, you know, prosperity. So I think it stemmed from like in college, like if I make fun of myself before others do it, then it won't, it won't happen as, as often. So, so, you know, it's funny. I am a middle-aged father. I'm not balding, but I'm definitely on the chubby side. <laughs> but I mean, I have uh, somewhat of a following. I mean, I don't have a huge following. I would never call myself an influencer. Right. But I find that people are really interested in kind of the personal story behind us uprooting our family from just outside of Portland, the United States and moving to Nova Scotia. And we're kind of like becoming hobby farmers, you know, and and how we have, you know, the, the, the struggles that there are with kind of getting started and in such a thing and getting our land all cleared and ready and getting our house all rebuilt. And we gave away all of our stuff. And so there's a story there and people will follow, you know, the story of what you're doing. And, you know, People honestly don't really care that much about what we're doing at work on a day-to-day basis. They care about, you know, oh, we had a red-tailed hawk that sits on the pole in front of my house. And, you know, and this is, we went to the coffee shop and you can see the ocean out the window, you know, and oh, it's so cool. And it snowed eight feet. And we had to wait for the snow plow to go by to get out of our house, you know. Although well, that is interesting stuff for sure. Like we were talking about before we were recording, like I was asking, like I'm generally interested in that, but which brings up a really good point that I want to, that I want to stress. Like people get too caught up on engagement. We live in a world where attention spans are way shorter and people are consuming so much so quickly that, and I, I've tested, I've, I've seen this with myself, right? I'll post stuff about what I'm doing with my business or just things that are, you know, surface level things and nobody will like it. You know, nobody will pay attention to it. And every once in a while, I feel like I posted something like, I can't believe nobody paid attention to that. But that's not true, right? It's, they are. Because, you know, every once in a while, I'll put up a post that's just off the wall funny or something, and I'll get a ton of people that like it or interact with it. So my audience is there. It's just most people aren't engaging with content as much anymore. They're consuming it. And you can't really measure eyeballs all the time. That doesn't mean that people aren't looking at at your stuff, but you're going to get a good sense of that when every once in a while you put something out and you see kind of these anomalies of, wow, we actually, a lot of people like this. They're there and they're consuming it. It's just, they're not always interacting with it. So, you know, getting caught up on on engagement numbers, I think is, is not something to spend a ton of focus on. It really, it's really more on an individual, on specific posts that maybe you promote or things of that nature. But just, I think more and more people aren't interacting with content. Yeah, I think an interesting thing that you can try that's super easy to do is go on LinkedIn, right? And as long as you're someone who posts fairly regularly on LinkedIn, you know, at least once a month or so, post, 
you know, something a little more than a sentence, you know, like a picture of something you're doing in your life. You know, maybe you were in one of the one of the power outages from the big storm that went through recently or, you know, maybe you're doing something with the family or whatever. Right. Put that up there and just write a few sentences about what you've been doing and then, you know, go back and check it out in a few days. And it might have like one or two likes kind of thing, but there's a view number on there, too. And it'll be like 100 views, but two likes. And that it immediately tells you that there's there's a hundred people looked at that thing, and only two of them pressed the button. Right? It doesn't mean that they don't like it. Yeah, it just means that people are not. They just people don't interact with stuff as much because we're just we're getting hit by so many different things that uh, people are just getting into. They're getting used to just looking at stuff and not really. You know, it, it takes a very impactful piece of content to get somebody to actually click like or leave a comment or share it. It's not common, especially from a company. Yeah. If you're, if you're, unless you're a celebrity, you know, if you're just a regular dude or you're gal or, and you're, you're not going to get a ton of engagement on everything, but every once in a while you might post something that just jumps off the page for whatever reason. And that's a better measurement of what the true, the the true consumption of your audience is. Yeah. And you, you'll find out if you, post something that jumps off the page for the wrong reason pretty quickly. True, for sure. <laughs> well, just, I told my kids that. I'm like, you better realize everything you put on social is going to catch up with you, so be careful about what you put out there. It's going to be there forever. Yeah. You know, there's this uh, Canadian-made TV show that was on the Netflix I watched when I was in the U.S. Uh, called Travelers. It's like a time travel show where the people come back. Yeah, I know what I watched it, yep. So every time someone takes like a picture from like social media, that's how they used it to track the time travel back, right? The AI in the future or whoever it is in the future uses the social media post to track them. Uh, I thought that was super interesting. That's a great point. So be careful of what you post because the time travelers are going to come back and they're going to be able to find you. (laughs) So Jason from Socialytics, what is the best way for somebody to reach out to you if they want to get a hold of you? Sure. You can find us at socialistics.com or on every, that's the nice thing about our name. You just put in our name and you'll find, you'll find us anywhere, which is a good thing. So we're on every channel and my personal website's jasonyourmark.com. Perfect. And we'll have it in the show notes that people are looking at. They're just not clicking like on. And make sure you like and rate the podcast, by the way. We'll have the show notes at hookseo.com slash podcast. And as always, Jason, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your knowledge and everything with us. Great. Thanks for having me. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.